This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Yeah, we made it. You just talk. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Welcome back. It's hour two. Turn up, turn up. We got an hour left of the show. We're going to keep it hype for you. Let's get over to Twitch. Our man Lamont says... I believe the DAC contract may have removed the negative connotation of the franchise tag. He was in the exact same scenario everyone was always bringing up and still got paid. With the way salaries are exploding, I wouldn't be upset at a tag. Yeah, it just the franchise tag, man, it's, it's, it's almost a, a matter of commitment. You're showing when you, whenever you sign someone, it's like, okay, I'm committed to you. When they don't give you the franchise tag, it's like, well, are you committed or not? What are we going to do here? And it's like, from a quarterback standpoint, yeah, at $37 million he was going to get this year, upwards of fifty next year. By the way it moves, the way the quarterback market has, has jumped so much, of course. But from the Cowboys' perspective, if they let it get to next season and they wouldn't have got this done, now he got his 50-odd, and now he's feeling like, you didn't make a commitment to me. Now he might be leaning to, I'm not going to be here long, and I got paid. I'm out of here. They could not have let this go any longer. They, 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 the line couldn't have pushed any more. No. And the whole point of the franchise tag is to, to give you a tool to help a long-term deal happen. It, you know, It's meant to get, buy you a little bit of time so that you can negotiate a long-term contract. And that's exactly what the Cowboys did. They franchised him last year. They negotiated all this past year, and then they they agreed on a long term deal. So they actually used it the way it's intended. You know, some GMs don't. You know, they use it just as, as a way to trap a player somewhere or to try and negotiate a trade, which is not really what it's for. It's supposed to just give you more time to negotiate, and that's what they did. And I think Mary, Jerry made the right call. I, I do. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. You say negotiating and players, and that's exactly what the Texans did, bringing in one Mark Ingram. The one that, uh, yeah, (laughs) that that, that was the reaction whenever I read it. But then I go on Twitter. I'm like, man, they're going to burn this down. And and some people are thinking that this was a good move. Then maybe he has a little bit something left in the tank. The last thing I remember was that he was a healthy scratch. They were leaving him. They were leaving him out of the game for other guys. Just that does. That's not a good look. A guy that was getting healthy scratches. And then all of a sudden now you're putting him on this team. That doesn't make me feel any type of way in a positive form. No. Look, I know they didn't pay him a lot. It's Everybody says $3 million, but he has to hit all his incentives for it to be $3 million. So that may not actually happen. And who knows? I don't even know if he's going to make the team. It doesn't make any sense to me. A 31-year-old running back? I, I know he's going to be good in pass protection. Okay. Uh, I think we got some uh, breaking news coming up in a minute. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I just I, I don't love it. You know, like, will he make the team? Will he not? A 31-year-old running back. And, look, he's been a pro bowler. He was a great player. But, I mean, I just don't get it. 31's it, it, equivalent to, like, 
a regular another play yes. 36 37 yes it is and and he's a bruising running back so i just i'd rather take a shot on a young guy that has a little bit of juice to him that that's what disappointed me breaking news we've got some here oh you want me to read the tweet it's uh it comes via adam Schefter. houston and miami have a deal Texans are trading linebacker Bernardrick McKinney to the Dolphins for linebacker Shaq Lawson per league sources. The deal will also include a swap of late-round picks, but the focus is the LBs. This is peculiar. Because I was, like, we were talking about McKinney they, they, before the show. Right. They signed Christian Kirksey just the other day, a one-year deal, a linebacker from the Packers, right? So we thought that, McKinney would just be cut like that. That money would be a wash. They they signed Kirksey. They cut McKinney, and then you know you're still in the same salary cap situation in general. But now, for another linebacker, like that makes me wonder. You one, know, one that's on a thirty million dollar contract, three year. I'm, I'm looking up right now. Like again, this is breaking news. We're on the go here, but yeah. So he's he's due to make uh, eight point four in 2021. That's that's peculiar because they already have Kirksey, they have Zach Cunningham at linebacker. So what what what's what are they doing here? I mean, two sixty seven. You know, he's a big boy. I mean, he's not a bad player. He's good. I mean, we saw McKinney. I to me, and it seems like on a lot of plays, he was always a step behind this season. Uh, or as of late, let's say. I don't think that he commands anywhere close to that money. We always talk about where the money is split amongst these Texans and where and where they could have maybe lost a little bit of weight. We were talking specifically about this pre-show, and McKinney came into our conversation. Well, I guess here you have the, the solution, I guess, in a way, but I don't I don't see it. I don't know where the direction of this He's more is. of a pass rusher, though. So I, that's what I'm thinking, the, the point. You know, he's 267 pounds. So I'm starting to wonder if they're going to use him as a pass rusher. But, I mean, they are, from what I hear, they're going you know, to a 4-3 this year. You know, for his size at 267, but he did play some defensive end for the Dolphins last year. So, I guess, look, Whitney Merciless, we can't get anything out of him, right? So, maybe this is, is a move to shore up that position. Most sacks he's had six and a half in a season. Never's played 16 games. Been in the league since 2016. Um, here we are, I guess. Last year, 14 games, but only started seven of them. You know, another injury-prone guy. 26 years old, so you like that. I, I got to think that's what they're doing. They're they're going to use him to to get some some heat on the quarterback. You, you know, you have Kirksey and Cunningham, in theory, in the middle as your middle linebackers, or at least if they're moving to a 4-3, then, you know, one, one at weak and one in the middle. Um, if you can get what he was last year, he's a guy, like you said, he gets pressure on the quarterback. Even though he wasn't getting the sacks, 18 hits on the quarterback, he gets there. 13 tackles for a loss last season. I think that's that same oh yeah, the same season where he had six and a half his career high. So if we're banking on anything, it's that 2019 season where he played 15 games the most of his career. And those 15, the career high six and a half sacks, 18 quarterback hits, 13 tackles for loss. So he can get in the backfield. He does disrupt things. But again, it's just I'm not sure. Uh again, with with the nickname Sack Daddy or Sack Shack, you know what you're getting, I guess. You know, not not great production, but look, they lost J.J. Watt. Whitney Merciless did nothing to to pressure the quarterback last year. Gernard, they drafted. We didn't see much out of him. So they had to get somebody that could some, get some heat on the quarterback. So so this actually makes some sense now. 
you know, I, I can at least be like, oh, okay, this is what they're doing. They're McKinney, get out of here. We're going to replace you with Christian Kirksey. We still have Zach Cunningham. We'll get somebody that can, you know, help us get some pressure on the quarterback. I need so a that fall makes guy. Yeah, he, he needs a fall guy. Yeah, I. It makes sense so far. Casario, he's done okay, but you know the Mark Ingram signing, I don't love because I, I just don't get it. Why do you need to pay a thirty-one-year-old running back? And I know they need players. They don't have a lot of draft picks, so maybe in theory he's like, okay, between David Johnson and Mark Ingram, I'm not paying. I'm paying less than ten million bucks, and I don't have to worry about drafting a running back and wasting my draft cap draft capital on a running back. I get that. But I would just go after a different running back. That's my issue. And then the Christian Kirksey signing, is that an Easter B move? Is, the guy's name is Christian. I mean, I'm just putting that out there. Like, can't. <laughs> what is his name? They're like, bring him on in. Yeah. Bring him on in. I like this guy. And they're like, well, this guy, Jesus. Jesus? They're like, no, his name is Jesus. He doesn't know a lick about football. He plays football. Bring him in. Let's try him out. Let's give bring, him a shot. Bring in, bring in <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. That's that man. That's where we are right now, making these kind of jokes. But unfortunately, we're trying to find direction. We're trying to find the direction of these moves as we get closer to free agency. As we get even one day closer to the draft, we get one day further from the truth, from everything that we try to get out of these pressers. Everything that we try to get out. For example, they try to get out of in the hustle and flow podcast out of Cully, but. I think that we're still at square one. We know what it is. We as fans here of this of this organization, as as media within the city, we know what it is at this point. We just I think it's a matter of time. I don't believe, like I said, that, that deadline. That's why I asked in that forum, what is the deadline for the optimal time to pass for the Texans? And if it gets closer to that draft and nothing's happened, now you're going to use a year a year of, of time that you can – because at that point, what's the draft capital they're going to give you? We know that this 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 trade is going to be driven off draft capital and who can give it up for Watson so you can build your future. If you pass up the draft, then when does that draft come in? Obviously, it has to be next season. So now you're waiting an additional season. Cully, Cully it might not even be alive at this pace. At the, and now all of a sudden, you're getting to next year hoping, well, now let's rebuild. Let's rebuild now. Let's, the time is now. Why, why are you doing this? Let's, let's go ahead and make I know it hurts, and I think that's what it is. It's a generational talent. Yes, I know that you're going to think about the times that this, this organization struggled with quarterback trouble, and you always thought to yourself, man, if we just had a quarterback. I know Texans fans sitting there right now thinking, damn it, if we just had a quarterback, how many times have I said that? And then when you got number four in that jersey, you said, my answers have been uh, uh, answered, uh, or my prayers have been answered. Uh, it's a blessing in disguise. And then all of a sudden, shortly lived, here we are. But, hey, the further you get away from this, the, the further the rebuilding comes because there is going to be a rebuild here. Once you lose talent like uh, Watson, like Hopkins, and then you've come to the end with what? What do you have left? I mean, I'm getting to the point where once they trade Deshaun, who's the, the face of the team? Like, who can you even point at? That Jesus. Would, yeah, yeah, Easterby, right? You know, it's funny. I I put a piece of content together for SportsMapHouston.com, and Peter King actually shed some light on what Easterby actually does. You know, remember, that's been the big question. Like, what would you say you do here? We could never get a straight answer. Apparently, he was running COVID meetings and setting schedules and doing things like that for O'Brien when he was here. And I thought it was interesting that Peter King said O'Brien would sit out in the audience and listen to Easterby run these meetings. You know, which 
You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. O'Brien's like, <laughs> that's hilarious. But yeah, O'Brien would sit out there in attendance with say everybody. It again, say, it say it again. Say it again. Do the red fish, two fish again. Do it again. And One that, fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. Thank you, Uncle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this that's guy's great. great. Jackie boy. Yeah, so that's what would happen. Like, Basically, Bill O'Brien didn't want to have to deal with that stuff, any kind of COVID protocols or setting the schedule or anything like that. So he would try and stick to the football stuff, and he would put Jack in charge of those things. So at least now we kind of there's something we can point to to where we know what he actually did. Jermaine says Lawson is a pass rushing outside linebacker. Yeah, like we've said, just again though. But if they're switching to a four three, that that's what's kind of trick confusing about. Exactly. The spots do have to be filled. Is it an upgrade on what McKinney was producing at this point? I would guess so because, like I said, every time that you watch some kind of defensive breakdown or someone being a step behind or someone not sealing the outside, you would always say, man, what are you doing, McKinney? Make a play. And then all of a sudden, that little five-yard play would turn into a 15-yarder down the field, and you were thinking, man, the play could have been busted up. I, I always think about my man Kevin Joseph. Hopefully he's listening. I always catch him on Twitter, and he's always like, McKinney, what are you doing? And that's that was the story. So maybe it's, it's a change. Yes, we talked about the 18 quarterback pressures back-to-back season or hits. Uh, that has something to do with it. But the scheme 4-3, it's an odd fit, you know. It just you know McKinney's an inside thumper middle linebacker who really struggles in pass coverage. You know you can really only have him on the field for two downs. And but if they're switching to a four three, are they just going to play Shaq Lawson at defensive end? Was this the first talk during appetizer? Because it is the Dolphins is like all right, let's talk about this before we order the main course. And then the main course is when they start talking about Watson. And then when they finish their course, let's stay for some drinks. Let's mm. sign this deal. That's the way it's going to go down. This is a little bit of a. Of, of, a, of, a, of a little icebreaker, like, hey, we're just chilling Put, put away. your toe in the water, right? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, let's just start talking right now. It's the Dolphins. Let's. This is how it's going to go. Again, you're listening to Moneyline. If you have anything to say about anything that's happened, McKinney's gone. Enter Shaq Lawson, 713-780-3776. It's Moneyline, ESPN, 97.5. My name is Stephen A. Smith, and you're listening to 98.7. Wait, what? I said 98.7, that's my show. Let's try this one more time, okay? My name is Stephen A. Smith, and you're listening to 97.5 FM. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Getting over to everyone hanging over, uh, out at Twitch. Is Tua really a franchise quarterback like number four? I don't want to be a guy that makes assumptions on just one season because sometimes you have to let things pan out with these, with these franchise quarterbacks. But just going straight up off the eye test, I did not like one bit what I saw from Tua. Um, I'm sure that the the offensive staff uh, coordinators didn't either because that's why they were using two quarterback sets. When's the last time you've seen teams, a one that's winning, one that almost made the playoffs, going back and forth using two, two quarterbacks? And they have two offensive coordinators. I didn't know that. I, I was reading about them, and I'm thinking, what in the world, two offensive? How, how, how stressful would that be, you know, like trying to figure out 
it's already a duty in, in picking out the right offensive coordinator to, to match with your quarterback. But now you have two quarterbacks, or you did, and, not, and two offensive coordinators. Now you have to mix and match and make this all work. I don't know about Tua. What were your thoughts as far as what you saw this season? I didn't love it. We were talking during the break. I, I hate to, you know, say anything about a quarterback in their rookie year. They they only play a few games. You don't want to rush to judgment, but he just seemed kind of slow in his decision making, and it felt like if his first read wasn't there, he'd just take off and run, which, which happens a lot with young quarterbacks. So you know, I'm not going to kill the guy for that. But I didn't love what I saw, and we talked about his arm. It feels like his release is slow. His and, touch wasn't yeah. there. It seems like he would bullet whenever he didn't need to throw bullets, and then he would lob it. Like It's like he was holding the button on the Madden too long. Like, no, bro, let go of the button on this pass. It seemed like he was always – it was the wrong thing, and maybe we're asking too much of him. Maybe – I mean, it's, once you set the bar so high on someone and it doesn't fulfill what you wanted to see, then this is what we have. We knew it was going to be a lot of trial and error, but at the same time, so if I ask you – what did you see about one Justin Herbert? You, I think the, the way, like, just the look on your face right now when I say it, it's like your eyebrows raised. Like, man, one, I mean, he showed a lot. And you're thinking, well, what's the difference? He probably had a worse team. He probably had a worse coach. So what's the difference? A lot of those games that he lost weren't even in his hands. How many times at the goal line did they lose because it, it, was, a, it was a brain fart? That's what, just, right now, if the, the Chargers offered Herbert for Watson, and obviously they may be throwing, uh, they have to throw in a little something, I'm opening the doors for talks. I yeah. saw people thinking that it was ridiculous. I saw the Texans uh, fans coming out and saying, that's crazy. Watson's on a whole other level. And I'm thinking, what Herbert showed last season, as young as he is, if you can get him with the right weapons and the right coaching, with what's out right now, I would take that in a heartbeat. As soon as they mention Herbert, I'm like, okay, yes, let's talk. There's no doubt about it. I mean, look at his numbers. 4,300 passing yards, 31 touchdowns, and only 10 interceptions. <laughs> Rook. Remember when Peyton Manning would talk about what's a successful year, he'd be like single-digit interceptions, you know, nine or fewer. Well, Herbert had 10 as a rookie. And if you could hit that 30-touchdown mark. Yes, and he did. I mean, that's an incredible year for a rookie, man. That gives you a a bar of how bad Winston was on that 30-30 season. Just think about what you said. Whenever you have single-digit and then I, I throw in and you can surpass 30. Winston had 30 of the bad side and then barely reached 30 touchdowns, 30 for 30. Yes, and I mean, we talk about Deshaun, who led the league in passing last year. His touchdown-interception ratio is a little better at 33-7, to but he's not a rookie. You know, come on, man. that That's impressive for a young player. And I, I know a lot of people didn't see that coming from him out of college, that he was better than they expected in the NFL, but sometimes that happens. Is there any other quarterbacks – the young ones that, because we're hearing, all right, Tua, Tua and Herbert are two. But then Darnold's not necessarily old. Yes, he wasn't out of that draft. And now we're going to go back to the Darnold questions because what do you do with him? There's The Jets are obviously using him as a piece to try to get to, to teams that need quarterbacks. What do you do with him? Do you let him, do you actually bring him in using him as basically as, a, I hate to use the term, stepping stone, but basically as a step to your next quarterback, or do you think where, where Darnold goes, he has a chance to make it? Because we know quarter, we know that the 49ers are in the market, and we don't know that what's going to happen where Garoppolo come Wednesday if the Patriots end up making a move. Although they got Cam, there's still a lot of money to throw around. They said they're still looking at quarterback, still looking, even though they signed Cam. I think that they still look, they're going to look at Garoppolo. Now you're looking at the Bears. What's their choice now that they redid Khalil's uh, Khalil Mack's deal, making it one at 
making it seem like he's not on the table for if, if it moves, if, if people are trying to move quarterbacks to them because Russell Wilson was painted there for a split second. And then you're thinking, well, if you're talking Russell Wilson sweepstakes, then you better be talking Mac. That's off the front, off the top, that Mac has to be in this. Well, they just restructured Mac, and the way it is, it's not friendly. It doesn't make it seem like it's going to be a movable piece. So what's the deal here? Man, I think they'll try and go after Deshaun, the Bears, and and I think the Seahawks will try and do a deal with the Bears. But these are hard trades to make happen. You know, there's so many cap implications, and that's what – Nobody wants to – it sounds great. It's a great story. Deshaun gets traded and Russ gets traded. But what it does to your salary cap, there's not a lot of incentive. To who? For the, yeah, for the team that has that player to move him and, and take all that, that salary cap hit. And for the Seahawks, you were 12-4 and four last year, man. Let's, let's get along. Yeah, like we're going to blow this up now? Really? We finally get you a guy like DK Metcalf, a great receiver to throw to, Russ, and now you want to leave? Imagine that. So, like – Imagine the quarterback that steps into there. If it, if it's someone decent, what what if what if they did that deal and then ended up one of with one of the Raiders quarterbacks? You know, it's, uh, just to me, it's crazy. It's just crazy. And I heard Brett Musburger come out and say uh, on Vsin, he was just like, you know, he he does the Raiders. He's the play by play guy, and uh, he he's he says these words, and I thought it was just completely wrong. He says the Russell Raiders are one of the people on Wilson's list. I don't see it happening because. If Russell Wilson was to come to the Raiders, they wouldn't win any more games than they already do with Carr. Carr's not the problem. It's the defense. And, I okay, I agree with that. Carr's not the executive problem. But you're telling me that Russell's not worth at least one more win? He's like, man, we don't even need him here. We don't, we don't even look that way. And I'm thinking, I don't care who you have. There's only a, maybe a three or four or five quarterbacks right now that I'm thinking that I don't move for Russell. You know what I mean? That I don't redo my plans. Maybe four, maybe five. But – after that, I'm I'm making moves for Russell Wilson. That's a winning quarterback that's shown it. He, I don't think he's taking a step back physically. Um, we know what he can bring to the table. He's a great locker room guy. He brings everything. He, he's a marketable guy. You're going to make your money back. I'm bringing him in over. There's just a handful of guys that I'm thinking, no, nah, I'm good right now. And that's, I mean, I'm out crazy. God, no. Russell Wilson is a fantastic player. Look, it'd be different if, he wouldn't have played as poorly as he did down the stretch at the end of the year last year, right? You know, he he was amazing. He was the uh, maybe the best quarterback in fantasy football to start the season, him and Kyler Murray, and then they both kind of trailed off at the end of the year. So you're starting to wonder with Russ because he, he's 32. He'll be 33 during the season this year. He relies on his legs a lot. So, you know, maybe you're like, uh, is this the right time to, to move everything to get this guy because – you know, because he's not the biggest guy in the world either. Because if you get him, what do you think he's asking for? A stability, right? At the, his age, his family, he's not trying to go, hey, let's do a little one-year deal and let me no. keep him. He's going to say, hey, lock me up. So all of a sudden, you, you're doing a, what, three- or four-year deal? Now you're carrying him into 37, 38. And what if he decides, eh, I don't like it here next year? You know what I mean? And then he will trade me. You're starting to see a lot of these organizations are like, man, a lot of these quarterbacks are kind of a pain in the ass. And – if he doesn't like it here after a year, is he going to demand a trade? And, you know, when Russ is, you know, look, you know, I'm not here to comment negatively about religion, but he wears that on his sleeve. And maybe in the locker room, he's not the biggest guy's guy, 
You know what I mean? Like you kind of feel like Russ is kind of in his own. It's space. crazy though because it used to be that way. Like you were thinking it was like a, you, they show all the all the comments and he's in the in the in the huddle and he's telling them we're gonna go down there and we're gonna win this yes. thing. And you would thought, man, he's the great guy. But then you great heard, leader. Remember he had got into it with a few guys off yeah. that Legion of Boom. Yeah, and they let him make it. It was like let's not talk down on him right now. It's cool. It's cool. He's my quarterback. I remember those. Yeah. So you wonder if personality wise, if you're a GM thinking about trading for him, like. Man, is he is he gonna get along with everybody? Is he gonna is he gonna want out after a year? That that's a bad thing when you have to worry about personality and, and their motives and oh his wife's a celebrity or they gonna want to live hair. on the west? Yeah, it's good. Are they gonna want to live on the west coast eventually because she's a celebrity? These are things you have to consider. Thirty minutes left in the show. Thirty minutes to give you a few picks. It's Moneyline ESPN ninety seven five. Call into the HRP listener line, dial 713 780 ESPN. Administration of employee benefits is a hassle. Let HRP eliminate those burdens and save you money. Visit hrp.net today. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. When we say the words Hall of Fame, I think it pertains to a very, very limited group of players, right? It should be a, a, a special type of player that gets into there and it has to be a career that obviously has the numbers I think that has the longevity maybe some success as far as winning has a little bit to do with it as well it helps I guess get the numbers there when I ran across a headline and it read LaShawn McCoy gets closer to making his Hall of Fame case I just had to burn a click first thing to me was is he really a Hall of Fame guy or did am I missing something so then I, you know, I start looking into his stats and whatnot, and we find out that he made the NFL All-Decade team for the 2010s, and there was only four running backs included in that list, something I would have never imagined if, if somebody would have gave me this and say a, a trivia question. They would have said, out of Frank Gore, Adrian Peterson, Marshawn Lynch, and LaShawn McCoy, who had the most rushing yards in, the de- in that decade? I would have probably went Peterson or Lynch. Yeah. Right? Well, no, it's actually McCoy. Many b- believe in that that on its own should catapult him in front of those guys. His 11,000 career yards putting him 22nd all time in the record books. Does any of this entice you to say, man, yeah, this guy, he's, a, he's Hall of Famer, or do we need a little bit more to add to this? It's tough, right? Because he was so good in the passing game. That they threw him the ball so much, but if you look at his total scrimmage yards, I mean, after his rookie year in 2009, we'll start with 2010, his second year scrimmage yards: 1600, 1600, 1200, 2100, 1400, 1100, 1600, 1600, about 1586, almost 1600. So, I mean, as far as the all know, purpose, all purpose, I mean. He's a fantasy Hall of Famer, it sounds like. Six Pro Bowls, twice elected to the All-Pro. Quote McCoy, I got stats. I got two championships. What I said, maybe the winning has something to do with it. A lot of these dudes have three or four good years, and they make them the greatest. 
I've been the best in, in a decade plus. Everybody can't say that, end quote. I mean, he had a really nice run from 2010 to 2017. He's kind of fallen off over the last three years. So if you think that's long enough, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Over eight years, he was amazing. I mean, he had one down year in 2012 where he didn't rush for 1,000 yards, and you know he, he only had two touchdowns that year. But if you think about it. If you're a running back for Andy Reid, you are going to catch a lot of passes. And remember, he was with Chip Kelly for a while, too, how much they used the running game with that. So he piled up the stats, man. But he just he hasn't been good in a while. So that's probably the, the way why we feel that way about him. 713-780-3776. Let's talk money for a little bit because the NFL released their numbers. Revenue dropped from $16 billion in 19 to $12 billion in 20. We knew that was going to happen because the money at the gates, obviously, that wasn't there. Now you got the Cowboys that did have partially allow fans. Cowboys are saying that they are going to have full stadiums to start the season. Many started connecting the dots and saying that maybe that had a little bit to do with the signing of Dak, one that – they believe that Jerry Jones might have a, a let's say, know the rumors and maybe have a step ahead of the TV deals coming with the NFL. And then also knowing that they're going to have, you know, full capacity, that they're going to tr- they're going to go right off the top with it. The Cowboys already announced. And also maybe a little bit of the money that he made as two other owners because they did have some fans. And it was maybe a little bit easier. You know, fans are going to come out everything and say, well, that's the reason he knows the TV deal is coming. Now some of officials around the league and, and, and people involved in the front offices are saying there's no way he knows about the deal. Everything is known what's on paper. It's just a matter of time. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. But just to see the NFL revenue drop like that, it, it's a big drop, man. And, it, again, it, we talked about the salary cap dropping $10 million, something that was increasing at a spe- steady pace. So then you, when you know that something's increasing at a steady pace, sometimes you make maybe – Two or three years back, maybe you made a deal saying you know it's going to increase. You, you already start counting your marbles, right? You, you start counting your chickens before yep. they hatch. And you're saying it's all right. Like for the last eight years, it's moved progressively. So in the next three years, we have X. So let's spend X. And now that X isn't available, mm-hmm. now you have you have to go to Plan Z. You do. That changes things a little bit. And I saw a report on Pro Football Talk that yes, a lot of free agents are going to have a tough time catching on to teams and guys that might be cut because the salary cap is lower. But what Florio brought up that was interesting is it's not just about the salary cap. Jerry, a lot of these owners don't have the millions of dollars that they normally have. A lot of, they don't have the cash that they typically have. And especially, I would think, of teams like the Bengals that notoriously you know, spend the least amount of money as possible. They're probably not going out looking to, to add a lot of pieces because they don't have the cash to pay for these guys. Exactly, and that's what it comes down to because every year since 2013, the cap had grown. The cash, the extra cash, the, the money at the gates, everything that you have. The in, concessions, man. Concessions. You, you just felt that in your heart listening to her right now like, man, I don't miss no $9 beers. No, $10 draft beer, they're making a killing on that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I want a foam finger. Yeah, let's wait on that. Let's hit it up on Amazon. That yeah. foam finger is going to run you 30 and your social security number. That's just the way things go, but you're there. That's just part of the whole thing. You can't take a family to a game nowadays, a family of, say, just say you have just one kid. You know, I don't even want to talk about my man over here on the stimulus saying that he's getting back 5,800 on Twitch. I said he had a Brady bunch. Imagine, imagine a, a, a t- t- you know, husband, wife, and, and let's say two kids. Yeah. That, that's going to run you from the parking 
to, to the moment that your kid says, I want, how, I want, no, you don't. No, you I don't. want a $7 bag of peanuts. You're like, what peanuts? Yeah. It's crazy. Here's some, al- here's some almonds I have on yeah. the bottom of my pocket, <laughs> right? I mean, you start trying to, you get nervous walking by. You're just trying to find your seat as, as quickly as you can. And once you find it, then that jerk of a guy comes by with the, with the, with the peanuts in his hand. Uh-huh. Peanuts! And just starts son- throwing them at you. And you finally got your son, and you're like, you, you've made up some crazy, crazy excuse. And then the peanut guy comes by, and he's like, I told you, he's right there. Yeah, they don't have that, but he's right there. Yeah, I told you they didn't all die. <laughs> you're like, well, damn it, he's alive. Yeah, I'll take Half a bag. We don't do half. Yeah, sir. no, we don't do that, sir. <laughs> but again, you you felt that pain from the parking to getting inside to to everything that you do within that building to the ticket prices increasing everything. Well, imagine the guys that are used to collecting that money. Yeah. <laughs> the guys that have been counting those those chickens, and and then all of a sudden the pandemic happened, and they're thinking, well, let's get back things. Let's get things back to normal. We need butts in those seats. They do. I mean, it, it takes a lot of money to pay all these guys hundreds of millions of dollars. It's so amazing how it's changed. I think didn't Jerry Jones pay some like a hundred and fifty million for the Cowboys, like when he bought the team, and that's basically the contract he just gave Dak Prescott. Exactly, it's crazy. Exactly, and a lot of people are painting things together and saying, "Well, the Cowboys had thirty thousand fans at one point last season." Let's start doing the math. Once you start doing math on ticket, just 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 think about that. Do Stadium capacity by ticket amount, and obviously, yeah, there's a lot of tickets that are come at different pricing or whatever, but just do an overall view of it, and that's what they're losing. We saw what the NBA bubble cost, you know, for teams that we saw the drop-off in it, and that's why teams are thinking, no way. You see the NBA, the NCAA tournament right now, teams are having a drop-off. Duke, they had to quit, uh, be out of the conference tourney. Virginia, all of a sudden, mid-tourney, they're out. So then... You're thinking, how's the tournament going to happen next week? Well, the show must go on. NCAA can't take the amount of money that that tournament brings in. It's crazy. They can't take that loss twice. There'll be so many more programs that will just have to diminish. It's true. They, they, they just got to they gotta just grin and bear it. That, that's where it is right now. So it's going to be interesting. But I think all the NFL stadiums are going to be full. We, we saw Fauci go on first take last week and say he expects – you know, that things should be, for the most part, back to normal in September. You know, President Biden just said the other day that, you know, by the time 4th of July comes by, we should be able to have small gatherings and hang out. That doesn't even sound like real life. I know, right? right? Like you're thinking July, and then I'm, I'm like, man, that's right around the corner. We're talking about living real life like again, and I'm not talking about keg stands, right? Like people are out there doing Why not? <laughs> Bring your own funnel, you know? Yeah. Whatever it is, but just to, it doesn't even sound real that, that – the that, that they're telling us, hey, pretty soon. And then the CDC comes out and says, you know, if you've been vaccinated, you don't have to really wear a mask around. All hell broke loose at that point. So this is where we are. Hopefully we're getting closer. But the NFL agrees because they're also saying that this year the draft won't be virtual. Teams will actually be able to be in-house in their draft rooms a step closer. Well, I mean, testing is so much more available now, too. And we talked about the amount of money that's being spent. We haven't talked about Somebody's paying for all those COVID tests when people are getting tested like every day. Somebody's paying for that. I got to think it's the team. So they got to be excited too that the vaccination's coming because that can be an expense that hopefully isn't as big a deal for them next year. Plus, they'll have fans in attendance, concessions, and new TV deals are coming too. We saw they have the, to. The, yeah, those are. They, it looks like ESPN 
has agreed with the NFL. I think that Monday Night Football is going to be agreed on, so the new TV deals are going to kick in. They're going to keep printing money. It's the NFL. I'm seeing a little bit of beef with DirecTV, though. I'm yeah. praying, and I don't ever pray on a man's downfall. But but DirecTV, we've had some issues, and the only reason I keep you keep you is because you got that good good. Yeah, you got <laughs> that, you got good. that Sunday ticket. You know, they give you that good good, and you're like. All right, I'll stay. You can't get this nowhere else. Yeah, someone out there is listening right now being like, yeah, I got a wife in there. I don't even like her, but she got good, good. And I'm here. That's what me and DirecTV, every time I turn it on, I'm like, damn it, I love to hate you. DirecTV, hit the Sunday ticket. You're the only one that offers it. That booty does something to me. (laughs) It does. Well, we have one segment left here. Again, the phone lines are open. You've been a little bit of quiet out there. Twitch is popping, though. But again, 713-780-3776. This is your show, Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. ESPN 97.5. This is Moneyline. On ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Last segment. A little bit of funnies coming up. Get into the Twitch line. My man Alex says, going back to the sharing at the concessions when your kid asked, you said, you sip the Coca-Cola and pass it. <laughs> I come back puff, and puff, give. Yeah, you puff, <laughs> puff, you puff, puff, give the can and you just, you come back and you're just, you know who took the biggest sip right before they handed it to you. You know, this can's supposed to have four sips left. You know, you're thinking like, who did it? Uh, one chip, two chip limit, two chip limit. I like that one. Uh, that, that's just the way it goes down. Now, we, uh, we're already getting some uh, fantasy football questions. So, hey, we're running around on the corner from the draft. Once we get that going, it's going to be full fired up again. My man Lamont says Jerry Jones made a haul off the off the snowpocalypse. Uh, that's where Jerry Jones made a haul of cash. Those, He's right. Yeah. yeah. Jerry won. Uh, Jerry always wins. Jerry Jones, at least, not this Jerry. No man, he he he's got a good man. He he wants to see a Super Bowl before he kicks it. So he's that's why he's paying Dak. He hopes he'll see it. What what would be the odds on that Super Bowl before he kicks it? Oh man, there's got to be a number on it somewhere. Fifteen to one, twenty at least twenty to one. I would think twenty to twenty-five to one. Yeah, I mean, I think they'll be favorites to win the division this year, but winning the whole thing—that's another deal. Now, before we get out of here, I hate to end the show on a serious note, but I wanted to bring it up. Josh, I haven't even spoke to him about it, but I wanted to talk to his serious, serious note on a Sunday morning. Might uh might hurt a little bit of feelings, but J Lo and A Rod broke up. Right, I saw that. Or yeah, it's, it's, they're having trouble. How about that? So, 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 my question here is because a lot of people ran and said, "Man, how could he ever?" or whatnot. And and I understand, you know, J Lo is a a masterpiece, right? But A Rod isn't going to be hurting for the honeys any one bit, right? And and first thing, I was going back and forth with my wife about it, and I'm thinking, I was like, I guarantee you, he can get you someone. He can get someone j-lo like that comes with a lot of less j-lo like acting that you have to do with her you know like you, you to be j-lo's man it, it it's a process it's a it's a full-time job you know you see him rolling around it's i bet she, i bet it requires some things she seems high maintenance right? that's in other words i couldn't even figure it out high maintenance that's why you see a lot of these other guys whenever they mess with her and they're like man it's it's time for me to go. You're always like having to hold her purse, you know, like one of those yeah, things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Drake's like, I got to get back to rapping. I thought this was, 
I thought this was a two-week thing, you know. I fulfilled my fantasy, yeah. but I get this kind all the time, you know. You have to go shopping with her and hold all the bags. So then I asked myself, if we have to set odds, this is a gambling show. What are the odds that it's, what, what's next? Artist, a singer, an athlete, backup dancer? <laughs> She's already uh, P. Diddy, Ben Affleck, uh a-Rod, so she's kind of already done the Hollywood thing, the musician thing, the athlete thing. I had a few people t- chime in. Um, they, some people think to seem t- teacher, some kind of teacher. <laughs> I'm thinking teacher. I cannot see Jenny, Jenny from the block. And, and that, I, I, I raised my hand, which, yes, I am a married man, but I've had this conversation with the wife, and we had it again, and I, and I said, uh, I mean, for J-Lo – could I be excused from the table, please? Do you have like one of those lists where you can put like five celebrities on there and you yeah. you can be forgiven? Yeah, and but you got to be careful with those lists because sometimes they're trying to find out a little bit too much about you. So I just left the list of like J-Lo like, and it's like, well, if it was J-Lo, she agreed was like, I, I would pack my bag. She would help me pack my bag. I said, well, I agree too. If, if you went with J-Lo, I would say the same. Like, I wouldn't hold it against you. I would help you pack your bags in exchange for... Pictures and videos yes. of, the, of the relationship, if you know what I mean. You know, like let me just hang out in the corner and smoke a cigarette. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like that's why I said you can't be mad at me. I told my wife, like I'm not going to be mad at you if you go with J Lo. There's only certain things that we can do here. And she was like, well, what about A Rod? Let's draw the line there. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't necessarily trust that. Remember years ago when we started this show, we heard the, uh, we heard that uh, that guy that was across, like he lived in a high rise across the buildings from A Rod. Remember? And he looked across and A Rod, yeah, A Rod was taking a dump. Yeah, remember with the thing open? Yes. I, just, I just started thinking like just reasons that J Lo probably hated him, and I'm hearing there's some things going on. Uh, I Leaving said, the door open while taking a dump might be on the list. Yeah, she, putting that she, out there. She, <laughs> I, I remember that, but again, I, we needed to get to the serious, uh, the serious notes on a Sunday morning. I know it hurts a lot of feelings, and it might change a couple of odds of your betting today, but. That's what we have now. Maybe there's a little bit of cheating involved, and that gets me to my next subject that we're going to get out of here on the subject of cheating, right? Because I've been seeing guys, uh, cheaters get sloppy, right? And and I, I read through this. I went down this rabbit hole again. And it's steak and BJ day. This is not the time to get sloppy with your cheating. Get sloppy with other things today, but not the <laughs> cheating, okay? Keep it, on, keep it real. It's steak and BJ day. This is your day. But I go to this one, and supposedly – we have all these creators now, all these entrepreneurs now making their own shirt lines, for example. Well, this lady, she goes across a shirt that looks like the background of her bedroom, right? And then she ends up finding the creator of this merch, this line, this clothing line, and she reaches out and she asks the person, where was that photo taken? And the girl says, some guy I was messing with. Really, like, I left my clothes at a guy, and, and the girl was like, well, that is the guy's name so-and-so? Yeah. And she says, yeah. And she was like, well, that's my husband. <laughs> through, a, through a T-shirt printing that the lady thought was a cool picture, and she's just like, oh, I'm going to use this. this is, and then she, the girl figured out, that's my bedroom. Craziness ensues. She finds her, and yes, she was right. Oh, what a way to get caught. What a way! I mean, seriously. What a way! But this guy having her at his house and all the way it panned out. Like you have to be real careful, fellas. You have to be real careful. Like another guy that wasn't real careful. This guy had the woman again. You guys are sneaky out there having him over at your house. You're playing with fire. But yeah, this that's guy a had bad him, move. Well, the ring doorbell. Oh yeah. 
And this guy's got caught saying the goodbyes, a little bit of, of booty squeezing. She had the good good. <laughs> um, before you know it, the wife gets an alert that someone's at the door, and she's watching this live. She doesn't say anything, sees the whole thing go down, uh, caught, busted. Oh, that's when you have to pull the Eddie Murphy, that wasn't me. I got it on film. That that wasn't me. You, that wasn't me. You got to do the Eddie Murphy right there. These kind, your back's against the wall. You know what I mean? Like, how do you get out for that? Dude, did you see with A-Rod? It, allegedly, it was some chick from that Southern Charm show or, you know, it's some reality show. And that's who he was DMing, uh, DMing with. And that's, I think, what caused the static between him and J-Lo. He had her sign an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement. So she can't even come out and say anything about it. Like, how smooth is that with A-Rod? And you see now he's trying to put it back together with J-Lo, but that's because this chick, she's not saying anything. I think you have to, though. If you're, at that, if you're on, that, on that level, you, have to, you carry around copies of them. You know, right before it goes down, you're like, hold up, just wait a second. I'm going to need you to sign here real quick. It makes sense. I mean, this guy hid steroids for like a decade. You know what I mean? You know he's next level thinking of this stuff, yeah, man. Yeah, he's like, I ain't, I'm not even getting – they're not I'm making not a Netflix caught. off of me <laughs> off of this. Here, sign here, here. Yeah. He, he pulls out the thumbprint. He's got the ink. He's like, <laughs> need to initial this. <laughs> Put a nipple here. Yep. Yeah. But all, as, as these, these guys, he, he knew he was in the wrong. What kind of – imagine her. I mean, before you do the dirties, you're having to sign this thing. you got to feel a certain type of way, but you don't even care. <laughs> I better read the fine print. What am I signing here? You're like, hold on. You light up a cigarette before. You're uh-huh. like, hold on. Let me read. Let me call my lawyer. Before. You're calling your lawyer just to make sure everything's going right? Like, hey. He's about to hit. Tell me he can't. He's stepping up. Yeah. He's stepping up to the plate. Uh-huh. Uh, what do we do about this situation? I don't want to get, you know, I don't want to be hurting down the line. It just I, All this stuff, man, it just doesn't make any sense. But you have to watch yourself because a few months back you heard Neymar and, and it was some girl that he, he ended up bringing out the, the, the text exchange. She was just some fan that was crazy about him, but she was a, she was a 15. You know, she was, a, she was perfect. And she was from, he went and met her. And then after they did the dirty, she came back and said that he forced her. And it's thinking, he's thinking, what? You know, I always think, but you can never get by on these because R. Kelly tarnished me for life, yeah. you know, because I always said, you know, <laughs> not that he's the best looking guy, but you always think R. Kelly doesn't need to, uh, he doesn't need to press anybody for any, you know, yeah. girls are going to be with, he's a panty dropper. Well, you thought that about Bill Cosby and look what happened with that. Dr. Huxtable, though. Yeah. I was. He was always fun of me, Doctor Huxtable. Though I didn't always trust him the way he treated Theo, but and him being a gynecologist is his occupation. Yeah. As I look back at it, like, you know, huh? No wonder you were so good at rehearsal <laughs> at, at the auditions. You know, you're like, how does he know all this? How does he know? He's all like, I, I need a, I need, I need someone to to, to check. And they're like, <laughs> Doctor, I'm Hux- preparing for my role, Doctor Huxtable. This is just a, this is just a, a, a part. There's never gonna be. You're never gonna <laughs> deliver a baby. On a scene, we promise you that he's like, just trust me. I'm I'm very thorough. I know what I'm doing here. (laughs) I'm a method actor. (laughs) Let me get out on a better note. Let me take you to France instead of taking you to Dr. Huxtable because that's what he's betting as well. And he's going to tell you this. The PSV, the the, uh, Paris Saint-Germain is going to win by more than one and a half goals today. They're going to beat them senseless. They're playing a bottom feeder team, a bottom three team. Take PSG. Minus one and a half. Take them to win the first half. Take them every way you can, even on the team total. That's all I have. That's all we have. Hope you enjoy the show like you do every single Sunday. That's Josh Jordan. That's Nick Sharara. And I'm Jerry Bow with a Z. 
Peace.